0: Little Ragamuffins. I'm John Miller, and you are listening to Everybody Trades. And yes, today we're actually gonna talk about the 2020 election. Well, actually, we're really not. Because frankly, everybody's talking about the 2020 election, so what what in the world do I have to offer? Frankly, nothing. We don't know what's gonna happen. That's the God's honest truth. This is a closer election that I think a lot of people are willing to admit. That's my hot take. So I have no idea what's going to happen. I think it's going to be pretty close, down-to-the-wire kind of deal. Probably lots of controversy. But the other reason is that I haven't talked about the election that much recently is because, quite frankly, for me, unlike most people, it seems, it just doesn't get my emotional reservoir going. It doesn't it doesn't drain my emotional reservoir. Let's put it that way. It's just not something that I'm that overly passionate about. And part of that reason is because well, what I'm about to get into today. Now, if I might allow me a bit of a digression just to build up to where I'm going here. Now, this explains a lot about my personality. I'm into the really serious stuff generally. Take, say, economics, world history, for instance. But then I'm also into total silliness as well. For instance, the Borat movie that came out this past Friday. Well, that definitely tickled my fancy. I like things that are completely ridiculous as well. And when those two things meet, a serious discussion about something silly, well, now you're really talking my language. And that's where the podcast 83 Weeks comes into play. Now Conrad Thompson is the host of this podcast, but his his co-host is Eric Bischoff, and if you're a wrestling fan, that's a very that's a very notable name, but if you're not a wrestling fan, fear not. This episode is going to have almost nothing to do with wrestling. What it is, it's about entertainment and making an analogy toward politics. Now Mr. Eric Bischoff is a highly successful television producer, not only in the wrestling business, although he was very much a part of wrestling's biggest boom business-wise in the mid-late 90s as part of WCW, creating the NWO, having Hulk Hogan turn heel, as they say in the business, becoming a bad guy. Basically, he was really successful there, then eventually parlayed that into a successful television career, doing lots of other things in the business. But he also would occasionally, over the last 20 years or so since WCW shut down, he's dipped his toes back into the water occasionally in wrestling, including most recently in the year 2019, back with the WWE. Now, what's notable there is Eric was there for a very short period of time, just a a few months, but he was there long enough to be through a really interesting period in that company's history, in WWE history. Because last fall, if you watched a lot of Fox football, you couldn't have missed this, WWE's SmackDown weekly program moved to Fox, an over-the-air, broad, big-time broadcast network, prime time on Friday nights. Now, that's a really, really big deal for wrestling and something that is unprecedented, quite honestly. And that debut episode on Fox featured Dwayne The Rock Johnson and a, a whole star-studded affair, and it debuted to a big number. I'm not exactly sure what the number is off the top of my head, but that doesn't really matter. The point is that debut episode did 3-4 million people, but then the subsequent weeks, at least a million, maybe more of those people just disappeared. They tried the food, if, as, as it were, and decided never to come back to the restaurant. And Why? The question is, why? Why did those people sample the product and never come back? Well, that has vexed Eric Bischoff for a while now, ever since he's been out of that job. Well, he does have a theory, and here's what that sounds like.
1: My sense, not firm belief yet, is those people are watching the news. Right. Look at Tucker Carlson's 18 to 49. Look at CNN's 18 to 49. Look at MSNBC's in prime time. Look at their 18 to 49. That was the wrestling audience. Where have they gone? They've gone to cable news. Why have they gone to cable news? Because cable news is now more like professional wrestling than professional wrestling used to be. The promos are f***ing awesome. you got to, regardless of your political ideology or what you believe in or who you listen to or where you get your information from, it doesn't matter. Fox, MSNBC, CNN, you name it, everybody does the same thing. They get up there and they argue and they cut great promos on each other. It's great narrative. There's almost always somebody up there that you want to choke. And there's almost always somebody up there that's saying what you believe in. So guess what? You have more emotion. You're investing more emotion watching cable news than you are, than you get from watching wrestling. Because
0: the promos are better. Now, the promos there, just in case that's not clear, if you're not a big wrestling fan, promos is just essentially when Hulk Hogan back in the day was yelling at the TV screen, well, let me tell you something, Mean Gene, and then going off onto one of his famous cocaine-fueled rants. That's what a promo is. And essentially, Eric's point is that's essentially what cable news has become a series of promos featuring a good guy and a bad guy. Depending on your political perspective, the good guy could be the bad guy to somebody else and vice versa. But the point is, again, you have, you're have you invested emotionally. That's the point. That is what these cable shows are trying to get you to do. And Bischoff goes even further with this notion on the quality of the emotion produced by these two different styles of programming?
1: And the answer, based upon my thesis or theory at this point, is that they're watching something that provides more entertainment for them because of the quality of the emotion that's created in news versus the quality of the emotion that's created in professional wrestling. They've actually flipped. I did a TED Talk about two years ago in Chicago, outside of Chicago, a couple years ago, where I talked about how the news is ripping off professional wrestling. Little did I know just how much I was right when I did that Ted talk. Right. It's true. I would much rather watch the promos on CNN or MSNBC or Fox news than watch any promo on any wrestling program today.
0: Now, part of Eric's commentary here certainly is wrestling based and he certainly has his criticisms of how stale wrestling promos are being presented so that's part of the argument here but the point of the discussion that I clearly want to focus on is that indeed news programming is now using the same techniques and mostly it's about creating again a good guy and a bad guy and just creating heated conflict again the quality of the emotion is so high right now if you hate Trump you I mean, that's, again, that's, that's the ultimate emotion, right? Is hate. Well, if you're a big Trump fan, you probably also hate Antifa or whoever it might be. So again, the quality of emotion being created here is undeniable. And frankly, with the emotion, every election cycle, just seemingly being ratcheted up every single year, where exactly does this go?
1: and cable news is more entertaining than professional wrestling by the way uh, and it's not going to be long till they start beating the shit out of each other i guarantee you <laughs> somebody's going to throw a punch It may not happen this year next year the year after but somebody's going to start swinging on one of these news shows mark my words they're they're escalating the emotion to that level and they're doing it intentionally by the way i don't think these people all believe the that they're saying when they're on television no they're they're working brother
0: now, they're working, brother, as Conrad Thompson sort of quoted Hulk Hogan there. What does that mean? Well, that means that they're acting. It's all bullshit. That's what it means. I don't want to ruin anybody's childhood, but guys, Hulk Hogan and Brutus the Barber Beefcake, they were actually buddies backstage. I know. I'm sorry. I had to do it. I had to, I had to pull back the curtain just a little bit. Now, I'm sure some of you are rolling your eyes at this point in the podcast. You're probably saying, okay, John, you're making a fine point, but can it really be as orchestrated as you and Eric Bischoff are wanting me to believe? Well, frankly, the answer is often yes. We actually have audio of CNN's Chris Cuomo basically telling former Trump attorney Michael Cohen what to say he was going to be quote unquote grilling him on TV but you know what they're basically setting su- setting up a promo for the show but you know you know what let me just have Eric set it up for you
1: Cuomo is prepping he's producing the guy he's about to argue with about Donald Trump. And you could listen to the whole thing. It reminded me of me laying out the promo, the NWO promo to Hulk Hogan, at bash at the beach in 96, where we locked ourselves in a f- janitor closet. And we literally talked through the entire promo. I gave it to him. It was coming off the top of my head. He was giving it to me back. He was making his changes. I was making my changes. That's exactly what Chris Cuomo did with, with, with Michael, whatever Cohen, the f- name is. What's his name? Cohen. Cohen, uh, Michael Cohen. Yeah. You can listen to it. You don't have to take my word for it. It's out there. You can listen to it. And that happens every... I don't think that's an exception. I don't think Chris Cuomo did anything that anybody else isn't doing. Right. I think they all do it. It's a It's a gimmick. It's a fucking work. It's just silly. But it's more entertaining than wrestling in some respects.
0: And that's the thing. Back in the day, decades ago, I think most people knew or very strongly suspected that Professional wrestling was not always on the up and up, but the reality is they didn't care. They still invested emotionally anyway, and that seems to be happening in politics today as well, except the difference is I think most people who watch cable news are buying it. They do think that it's real. Now, in this bite here, CNN's Chris Cuomo is talking to Michael Cohen, and He asks the question. He lets Cohen know ahead of time. This is, again, pre the actual interview. He tells him what question he's going to ask, and then Cuomo proceeds to answer his own question, telling Cohen exactly how he should answer it. So let's hear how that sounds. And why didn't you just let it all come out and let the people decide? Because it's not a fair process. It's, it's, right. They wouldn't have had any of the counterfacts and they would have had her, you know, if, they, if she was somehow convinced to do it and people decided to believe that her denials um, were somehow less true than her admi- admissions. Um, I didn't want to play that game. Everything was tilted against Mr. Trump. And that's what it
1: is. And then either they'll believe it or they'll be like, that. There's no way he didn't know.
0: And either they'll believe it or they won't. I mean, it seems like Chris Cuomo is quite concerned about The public reaction to this, perhaps ginning up some sort of emotion, and not only that, shaping the public reaction. This doesn't seem like a fact-finding or truth-finding mission, as we're told journalists are supposed to endeavor in. Am I right? Now, again, more in this soundbite of Cohen and Cuomo working out their exchange before they even have it. On air, you would assume these people might be at odds, but no, they're they're quite chummy, it seems. And this particular exchange is about how Cohen should answer questions about basically dodging questions, frankly, about payments to Stormy Daniels via a shell corporation.
1: Yes, it looks shady. Yeah, fine. Look,
0: you know it's a shady business. I didn't like that I had politics is a shady right, I didn't like that I had to pay her to keep her quiet, just in case she decided to lie against somebody was paying her. So there you go. Very casual conversation here between two buddies. doesn't it sound like. And speaking of which, this final soundbite really buoys that point as far as these two and their chumminess.
1: How do you get in trouble? You don't get in trouble legally. I'll ask. Um, I'm gonna make some phone calls on that. And make sure that you
0: can't get. So I'm gonna make sure that you don't get effed. Well, what does that mean exactly? He's gonna he's gonna call in some favors, basically. Well, I don't know who he called. I'm not sure anybody knows who he called, other than Chris Cuomo, or if he indeed actually made any calls. Maybe he's just blowing smoke. Michael Cohen's behind. I really have no idea, but I do know that his brother Andrew is the governor of New York. Now, there's somebody with some political power. If I was in trouble or I had somebody I wanted to call in a favor for, perhaps he'd be a good one. I don't know. Again, that's just total speculation on my part. The bottom line is I know so many people in my life who yell at their televisions. Literally yell at their televisions, whether they're watching Fox News, CNN, CNN, MSNBC, whichever channel you want to pick in the corporate media ladder, it's all the same stuff as far as generating negative emotions, frankly. And I just have no time for that. Life is too short. So I've chosen to completely check out from all forms of cable news, except, well, I have the occasional squawk on the street on CNBC in the morning i got to get my Jim Cramer fix occasionally. I'll admit that. But just know the next time that you find yourself getting worked up by the baby face and the heel, the good guy and the bad guy, depending on your perspective, just know that there's a good chance that backstage, these guys are buddies, and they're probably going to get a beer together at the airport Marriott at some point or another. Just know that. Just know that you're being worked And you're the mark. Shouldn't that make you feel a little bit silly? Now, don't get me wrong. By all means, be informed and all that good stuff. I just think there are so many ways to be informed that don't involve getting your blood pressure off the charts every single night. So, with all that being said, thanks so much for listening. And I'm John Miller. We'll see you next time, right here on Everybody Trades.